Hey guys, Tom Laird, voice of advice from a call center geek, CEO at Expedia. Hey, the podcast is brought to you by Expedia Interaction Marketing. We are a 600-seat call center outsourcer. I would love to talk to any of you looking to outsource any of your customer support or your sales functions, looking for political calling or, or just some extra overflow during the holiday season. If you are looking for any type of USA outsourcing support, hit me up. You guys know my LinkedIn. I'd love to talk. This is Advice from a Call Center Geek, a weekly podcast with a focus on all things call center. We'll cover it all from call center operations, hiring, culture, technology, and education. We're here to give you actionable items to improve the quality of yours and your customers' experience. This is an evolving industry with creative minds and ambitious people like this guy. Not only is his passion call center operations, but he's our host. He's the CEO of Expedia Interaction Marketing Group and the call center geek himself, Tom Laird. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Advice from a Call Center Geek, the Call Center Contact Center podcast. We try to give you some actionable items, take back in your contact center, improve the overall quality, improve the agent experience, hopefully improve your customer experience as well. My name is Tom Laird. I'm the CEO here at Expedia Interaction Marketing. We're a 600-seat call center outsourcer located here in uh, northwestern Pennsylvania. How is everybody doing? Recording this on a Monday. I'm uh, live here on LinkedIn, live on TikTok as well. If you guys have any questions whatsoever, as I kind of go through uh, the topics that I have here, let me know. We kind of always treat this as kind of an AMA anyway, so if we go off topic, I'm totally fine with that. If there's any questions that you have, you know, please let me know. But I wanted to focus on kind of the theme of improving agent quality, improving the the coaching aspect of, of what we do as call center managers, call center supervisors. I guess I've been on a little bit of a kick on tone, looking at speech analytics and, and kind of talking some of that through in the latest couple episodes. I guess one thing kind of leads to another a little bit here. So I, I wanted to talk about some of the, give you nine or 10 kind of tips on on how to improve the, the coaching experience, kind of the coaching culture, and hopefully can improve your agents to be uh, just, just better overall, uh, when they're crying to, to to be that kind of voice of your brand. So again, any questions as we're going, please let me know. So the first thing, you've heard me talk about this if you follow me at all, and it is understand you know when to coach privately and, un, and, and understand when to kind of announce things to the floor. Now, I know we're, a lot of us are now all work from home. You know, we're using Slack, we're using Teams, we're using those type of IM tools. Uh, but please understand these are all employees. These are all people. Nobody wants to be embarrassed. A lot of younger supervisors kind of have a little bit of a, a fear um, that they're being undermined. So they may, they may, you know, kind of reach out a little bit aggressively, but we want to make sure that anytime that we're coaching our agent, if we're training them, if we're, we're talking about something that they did wrong, we want to do that privately, right? Anytime that, that they do something awesome, uh, we have a, you know, 100% on a QA score. We have a, we call it a raving fan, right? Like when a customer wants to talk to the supervisor to say how awesome they did with that, that stuff needs to be blasted out to the whole company, you know, to your call center, to the team. That's one thing. You don't want to blast out, you know, if Janie's, you know, QA score was was low, if she forgot to read a disclosure, um, if she's not listening for specific closing symbols that you guys have worked on. Right now, you can kind of use that as an overall arching kind of theme for the team, but don't single out one person on an IM. Don't single out if you're if you are in the still in the contact center, call them out, you know, on the contact center floor. 
don't even kind of bring them to your station or, or your, your work area where everyone else can see. I think that that stuff needs to be done a little bit privately. I think if you're doing coaching properly, you're going to probably be listening to calls and doing some of those things too. So it, it doesn't really help anybody to just kind of put somebody on blast. All right. So let's talk about specifically if we are coaching somebody, you know, the, the first thing that we want to do is call center agents are super, super smart, right? And they kind of know, you know, the ins and outs of so many of these, uh, uh, I don't say how to get out of things, but they understand when, when you as a supervisor might not be as strong or they understand, you know, if, if there's any wiggle room for them getting out of something that maybe um, that they did, they're going to try to do it. So you have to be extremely specific, you know, when you want to go coach an agent. So you can't just say, hey, I was I was listening and, you know, we talked about we're really trying to push cross-sell and upsell, right? And, you know, there's some certain things that you really didn't say that we got to make sure that we're listening for those 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 closing signals, right? That's extremely general and it, it can take your agent and you down a, down a rabbit hole. So I'd rather you be way more specific and say, hey, Bill, listen, you know, when that eight, when that, uh, when that customer asked about, you know, the product that we had, right, instead of just explaining it and then moving on. That was a closing signal for you to, you know, explain it and then go right into the sale and assume that sale. Those specific things are, are what will make your agents, I think, respect the conversation a little bit more. And they will also kind of respect what you have to say. And also, I think you're helping them more, right? If you're being very general, they're going to be like, well, all right. But if you're being specific on, on what they needed to do, I think that, you know, you can really enhance, you know, how that, that coaching experience is going. We talk about and I just did a huge video and, and, and almost a full podcast on, on talking about the tone is the message, right? I think that this is a, a really, really important thing for all call center agents and, and, and all trainers and all supervisors, right? We do such a, I guess, a good job of when we're, we're training our agents on, on what to click, where to click, where to go on the screen, where to find information. Right? We do all that and we, I think many call centers, as I go out to consult, do a very poor job of actually speaking through tone, how to speak to somebody. You know, remember, we're all, all on our cell phones all the time now. Right? I was holding up my imaginary cell phone. We, we just text and we, we don't have these interactions where voice and our inflection and, and how we say things is almost as important or more important than kind of what we say. Right? The best contact center agents out there can follow every policy, can tell a customer no 32 times, and that customer still felt like they had a really good experience, right? While a, a poor customer service agent can just go through the motions, do what they need to do, and maybe that customer, you know, got that refund, but they still felt like that experience wasn't good because, again, the tone was not there for the, for the contact center agent. So making sure, again that when we do our training, especially initial training on a new program or a new project, or you have a new customer service agent coming in your agent, every single piece of what you're doing from a screen training standpoint should be role-played with how they're going to be using it with a huge emphasis on, on their tone of voice, having a smile on their face. I just had you know somebody on TikTok sent me a, a comment that says they have a, a mirror, like a small mirror on the... Uh, call center agent on their desk every time they look they can see if they're smiling or not right and they kind of stress that you know the smile does kind of come through and i know i'm, I'm preaching to the choir here especially if you're a seasoned call center you know supervisor on this but i think that that's a, that was a really cool thing that kind of really sparked you know something we we got away from this right like 
I was talking about on our call center floor, we did, we had this big circle and it says smile, right? With a mirror, right? Right. When you walked into one of our, our centers. And again, I think it just, that last thought is a positive thought. I think that's important, but with this work from home deal, we have to think of some other ways to make sure that we're getting that through our agents. And I think a lot of that really starts with, you know, that initial training. So again, when you're talking, don't take anything for granted. Even, even the, you know, when you're trying to get information from the customer to verify their account, all that stuff's really important to, to start the call you know, with proper tone. Um, and, and I think we've lost some of that as we've gotten more complex with our projects and our programs and there's more integrations and there's more screen work and we have, have, have agents going from this screen to this screen to this screen to get find information, right? Making sure that still the number one thing that we're really speaking to and talking to is, is, is Tom. Another thing that I think can really, really help is, is tie goals to your coaching. You know, if you have specific QA scores that you're looking for in your contact center, if there are certain sales aspects from a cross-sell or upsell, if you are in a retention call center where, you know, maybe customers are calling to cancel and, you know, it's your job to try to retain those customers. Having, having the, the feedback really tied to goals is, is really important. So we know if we want to get, you know, Susie or Janie or Jim, to a certain percentage on their retention, to a certain percentage on their cross-sell, if we want to improve their QA scores, you know, talk to them about that and be specific. Be like, hey, listen, on this call, right, if you would have read this part of the disclosure, right, and made sure that, um, you know, in the beginning, you know, we forgot to verify this one piece of information, if you would have done both those things, right, you are at a 99%, right, and you're on your way to bonus. I think that's another really good way from an incentive standpoint, from kind of a psychic income um, aspect um, to, to really help with, with some of those things that, you know, a, a rep might be like, dude, all right, I get it. Like, what is this doing for me? Right. And I think that's important too, right? We, we all want the customer experience to be great, but we have to understand these are agents. We want to help them succeed. We want to help them get more money. We want to help them, you know, have higher QA scores. We want to help them become supervisors if they want to move on or move up. You know, tying a lot of this stuff to the goals of, of how you can help them is a, is a way for things to click in their head to see like, oh, my gosh, yes, this is this is kind of how we can we can really advance this and, and go. The number one tip that I have. Right. And I kind of sandwich this right in the middle is role play to no extent. Right. I think role playing. It's one thing to, to when we initially are coaching and we're telling the agent and we're being specific with what they did. Right. And how we want them to change. That's great. But the second piece of this is, is to really be able to role play and kind of practice what we actually want. And I think you should, you should do it both ways. Have the supervisor or you as the call center manager be the agent, have that person be the customer and kind of replay that call and then flip it around as well. And then you be the customer and let them be the call center agent. Role playing is like, it's one thing to, to you know, go to a coach's clinic and have a coach up there draw on the board, right? Hey, do this. Um, set the screen here, come off this flare screen and do that. It's a whole other thing when there's there's players on the court that you're actually seeing and you're kind of interacting with. And I think that's a huge piece of 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 this aspect of of coaching is is having them kind of sit back and and see something from a different perspective. Um, see things when you know how the how the customer would have felt if that was said to them. Um, and I think that that can help. That can help as well from from that standpoint. All right, I got a couple. I'm going to hit a couple comments here, right? The on on TikTok, 
Right? The, low, the lower the agent pay is, the lower the supervisor pay has to be. I mean, I, I guess I don't really, I don't really know how those, how those correlate. I mean, I would hope that there's a comfort, there's a comfort level on the salary that, that people are getting. Like, I understand that in general, contact centers are thought of as, you know, very difficult places to work, um, low pay. And I would say that that, that whole kind of mindset is changing a ton. Um, I would say it's, you know, even before COVID, it was different, but now even post COVID, I mean, our salaries, which I always thought, again, we're good and, and we can have that argument. And everybody always argues, especially on TikTok about salaries. But you know, we've gone up probably about 30 to 35% since COVID with both our supervisor pay and our agent pay. Um, you know, we've also raised our prices. We're BPO. You know, I'll, I'll tell you, we're, we're in the, the mid 30s now with cost from a BPO standpoint. Right. So I was pre COVID, you know, $26, $27 an hour. And now, you know, we're starting pretty much everything in the low to mid thirties uh, because of, and, and none of that is, is coming on to our margin. All that is getting passed to our agents. So I, I think we have seen an improvement in that overall uh, as, as an industry. And especially, you know, when you're working for a high-end BPO like us, if you're working for you know, a, a hospital or an insurance company, you know, a lot of those are, are $20 plus our jobs now. And we were we were just kind of making a joke. It's almost easier right now to find you know engineers from all the layoffs that have happened than it is to find really good customer service people. Again, I think the mentality of that is is should be changing. Um, it is definitely not a, a minimum wage type job. Um, and if you are in that spot, then hey, shoot me a shoot a go on our website xpbusa.com and, and and apply because you know we're always looking for really good contact center agents that that have really good tone, have a really good attitude and, and can give effort. So, all right, let me uh, get back to this. All right. The second or the, the the next thing I want to talk about is, is kind of, you know, understanding expectations. I think that this is another thing and I'm throwing a lot of things in here, right? So there's a lot of HR stuff. There's some, there's QA stuff, there's supervisor stuff, there's management things. But I think one of the things that is really important is, is to have, have expectations and consequences. And I hate, I hate using the stick, right? I think I'm way more in, in I think the most successful contact centers and businesses overall, you know, are using carrots and you're using kindness and we're, and we're, we're trying to, you know, help agents as much as we possibly can, but it does come to a certain point, right? Where maybe we do have to get, you know, our, our HR involved, or if there's just, you know, something again, for us, it's, it's two pillars of, of, of our culture of attitude and effort. So if we're kind of just constantly fighting with one agent on on one or two of those things, then we want to you know make sure that when we do bring the HR into to a pack, make sure that in your contact center, you have every single thing scoped out what the expectation is, and if that expectation is not met, if there is a consequence, what that consequence is. The worst thing again from a consulting standpoint that I see is when we don't have these kind of HR. You know, what happens if you call off two days in a row or three days in a row? What happens if you're late all the time? What happens if you're giving attitude to a team member? What if you say something inappropriate on Slack? What if somebody um, just refuses to do stuff? So? You know, all these different things that, that can come up in any job place, right? The worst thing that you can do is not have these things scoped out and have have your HR personnel or you as a, a call center manager or supervisor become subjective with what that outcome is going to be. 
Right? Nothing can cause more issues in your contact center when, than people thinking you're you're playing favorites or that you don't like me, right? And you're being harder on me than it is on on these these agents over here. Um, or the worst, right? That supervisor lets it happen all the time. Why can't you let that happen all the time? I want to go to that team. With dealing with so many people in a contact center, right? Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people for some call centers, thousands for others. And even if you you have a smaller call center, it could be even 20 to 30 people. That's still a lot of personalities and a lot of different things that can happen, right? So making sure that everybody knows it's in the handbook, it is trained and it is explained. There is no subjectivity. It is black and white to say, hey, when we get to this point, when, you know, we've tried to coach, we've tried to do these things. It's just, it's not there. And we have to take it to, to an HR standpoint. I think then, you know, making sure that you have that all scoped out is really, really important to, to kind of meet the, the culture of your organization. The other thing that, you know, again, these are all kind of random thoughts that, that I have on, on this coaching aspect is a lot of the times, let's say we do coach. So we have an issue or not an issue, but we had a rep that just missed something, right? Not a big deal. We pull the agent. Uh, we do a one-on-one with them. We role play it. Um, they think they got it. You know, they're very positive about it. Everything's cool. They go back to the call, or back to the call center, and start taking calls again. The the main thing you need to do though, and a lot of times we forget, is to re-monitor that agent, right? So we have a rule within thirty minutes that agent gets re-monitored, re-scored, with the focus being on what we just talked about. And if we have that same issue again, then you know we're going to go over it because I, you know, there's a there's a basketball coach that talks about in it. Gino Ariamo talked about, you know, two things, right? If, if, a, if a player does something wrong, either one, they just, they don't know what to do. Or number two, they're intentionally doing it on purpose and they don't care. And the first one you can deal with, the second one, you got to sit them. So for us, we can't really sit our agents, right? But we can make sure that, again, if HR needs to get involved or how we, how we deal with that. I don't like to get HR involved unless we are having something that is, that is unworkable through these two individuals, we were hopeful through our management training program, the things that we do from our supervisors that we wouldn't have these issues unless it's something you know, pretty crazy that that happens. It's that that 1%, 2% that we have to then take to HR. Everything should be able to be handled uh, on the floor, but being able to re-monitor, right? And make sure that then everybody feels comfortable. And then when they do it, and if they did it, then you do the shout out like, hey, Janie, awesome job, man. Like that was perfect. Right. And just reinforce the positive instead of just accentuating the negative. I think that's really, really important, especially when a lot of times I would rather have the brand new person, the brand new call center agent that has an awesome attitude, an awesome effort that I can treat and teach and we can coach than to have that 30 year old, 30, you know, been in the call center business for 20 years, comes to work, maybe does her job, but it's just kind of, you know, crotchety and kind of, you know, who I'm talking about, like those type of individuals that think they know everything you can't coach. Um, and for us, that's that we, we try not to hire that at all because it's against culture. But I know a lot of you guys are doing that or you have and I have them, too. Right. They've been with you for 10, 15 years. They think they know everything. You have a new supervisor that comes on board and wants to help them or or you know, sees that you're doing something wrong and they just kind of totally fluff them off. So, again, I think uh, I think that's that's a, that's a huge piece of it. All right, all right. A couple questions here on LinkedIn. <clears throat> all right, one from from Brent, and then Nate. I'll get to you here in a sec. Um, do you think coaching is best done by uh, a work leader, team leader, or direct supervisor? <clears throat> all right, I get this question a lot. 
Um, and I think it's a, it's a great question. A lot of it comes, though, from um, the QA department, right? So QA compared to um, you know, the, the, the supervisor on the floor. So I would say for us, it's the supervisor that is doing the direct coaching. Um, even if it comes from QA, most of the time it will come from QA. Um, and that will get to the call center floor. And then they'll kind of hash it out because a lot of times we will see that maybe there's a discrepancy with what QA you know, thought with the supervisor. <clears throat> I know a lot of contact centers do team leads. and we, we do utilize team leads. Our team leads, though, are pretty much management trainees. Right? They, are, they are training to become supervisors. So the supervisor might pull the management trainee with them right, to go, to go do that. But I would consider like a, a team lead and supervisor almost for us, like the same thing, right? They're, they're on the same team on the floor. And then QA is kind of, um, that's that, that other entity that's listening, the quality assurance guys. So I think when they can come together, they talk it through the actual coaching though, I think should be done on the floor from the, from the supervisor, I guess, or the team lead here, you know, depending on how I would look at it. But if that's how you have it set up, I would say the direct supervisor um, would, would have would be the one that I would want to do that just so that they understand what's going on. And I think that they have probably have the most experience as well um, to make sure that we're, we're getting through that. But I would love to have the team leads involved. Again, for us, it's the management trainees involved to, to make sure that we're, we're trying to you know, get the best outcome that we, we possibly can. So again, thank you for the question. Hopefully, um, Hopefully that helps you a little bit. And then here, there's a, Nate has a question here. Um, I'm needing more computers. Can you share the websites where you get? Yes. Um, um, Let me think. I'll tell you what, right now, I've been been finding a ton of deals, Nate, on Amazon um, for repurposed Lenovo's. Um, So again, for anybody who is kind of new here, one of the things that I've always talked about is if you do need new computers for your contact center, I don't think, you know, you don't need to buy brand new $1,200, $1,500, $2,000 computers, you know, unless you have a huge budget. We have found that we're working with like 23-inch Lenovo's, uh, just hardcore, all-in-one working machines that is pretty much um, in our center. So, yes, let me, it's it's refreshing. Refurbio, refurb.io to Nate. Uh, let me let me look it up and I'll I'll shoot you a DM or, or maybe I'll do a quick post. But honestly, I've been finding there's one or two of those sites like the refurb.io and I, I might not be saying that right, but I'm telling you right now, you can find a ton of stuff on Amazon um, from from an all-in-one Lenovo, like 23-inch um, uh, models. Uh, question here on on TikTok: Do what do I think of Amazon Connect? <clears throat> um, so here's the thing with Amazon Connect is I think that they are up and coming in the space. I think that they can do a lot of really cool things. It To me, and I, people push back on me all this all the time, is I, I kind of feel like they have not gone all in. If Amazon wants to take anything over, they can take it over. Uh, but they've kind of had this slow kind of process where I think there's, there's so many other players that are better. Um, I think that they are relatively inexpensive. Amazon Connect is relatively inexpensive. So that's a that's kind of a bonus for them. Um, but I would still say that they are, you know, fourth, fifth, or sixth on the list of people when I go to consult 
um, where they are. So again, I'm I'm a nice CX one Genesis five uh, nine uh, U jet, and it all just depends really on on what you're looking for. What type of do you want the full meal deal? Um, everything analytics, full integrations. Uh, you know, at all the bells and whistles, workforce management advanced routing, or do you just need that blocking and tackling on the channel? I got to answer calls and I don't really care about a lot of that stuff. And that's really the differentiator between these platforms. A lot of them as well. um, You know, they, they allow integrations of third parties for like analytics. They don't have their own native platform, Uh, but then when you get to the higher end platforms, everything is native, right? So it, it makes things I think easier from a connectivity, from an integration standpoint, and I think it just it becomes a little bit smoother when you're looking for kind of that. I want everything on the platform. Um, but again, a lot a lot of contact centers don't need that. I mean, heck, when people come consult with me, they they say, "Hey, listen, we've only had we're a startup. We had four people taking emails, and we just kind of you know we got bigger, and we want to you know move to voice and chat, and that's really all they care about." Right, and maybe they they want to integrate with like a Zoho or a Zendesk or or something like that. You might not need that full meal deal, huge contact center, and an Amazon connector. Those types of things may be totally fine for that. Um, but hey, you know, if you have any questions, please feel to to you know shoot me a message. Um, more than happy to just even have a quick call with you if you if you want to know, you know, some things from the the consulting side or from the. The, the platform side, do a lot of work with that. Um, we utilize nice CX one in my contact center just for, for full disclosure. Um, I'm on the executive council for their, their executive customer council. So you really understand a lot about the, the CX one platform um, and, and kind of all the, the bells and whistles of, of that as we're utilizing pretty much all of them. Um, but that doesn't mean that there, there's not other platforms that are better at certain things. Um, so it's, it's, it's all kind of a, you know, depends on what you need. All right. Mm-hmm. See if there's any other questions here. Includes goals, message. All right. So let me just kind of maybe just give a quick summary again, then on, on this, on this coaching thing. So, so when you, you're thinking of developing, as a, as a call center manager, as a call center supervisor, as, as somebody who's who's running the show, right? You should be training this and teaching this with your middle management. You should try and to, to have everything kind of streamlined so everybody's kind of doing the same thing. So again, making sure that we're never embarrassing anybody, making sure that you know if we're going to coach and we're going to talk something, we're doing that off the floor. Um, if we're rewarding or somebody does something awesome, uh, then we're we're celebrating that with everyone. I think that's a huge piece of culture, right? Do not hammer somebody um, in a Slack channel or on a video. You're not doing anything there, right? And if that's your personality, then you got to kind of get that in check. Be extremely specific when you're when you're talking about what you want them to to what the actions that you want them to to change. Don't be general, or the the call center agent will take you down the rabbit hole, right? Well, <laughs> you'll be almost stuttering over yourself. It's happened to me many many times. I go in there totally prepared. Right, it's really, really important um, that you do that. Uh, understanding that, you know, tone is the message. 
right? Tone should be one of the most important things that, that you're looking through because it is now a differentiator as well with us and the robots, right? If the robots are all coming for call center jobs, one of the last bastions of us being able to, to survive this is going to be the tone, right? It's going to be that human engagement. It's going to be that empathy that the human beings can have. Right? And it's very difficult as a call center agent, right? When you're taking call after call after call after call and you become kind of numb to a lot of that. So I think that that's really, really important, um, you know, from that, from that aspect. Um, making sure that you are tying goals that you have in your contact center to the actual coaching, right? They want to have a, a they get a bonus for QA scores. They get a bonus for a high retention or a cross sell or an upsell, anything that, 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 you can kind of tie into helping them get to that. We'll, we'll have them listen a little bit more because it's not just about the customer, which is why we're doing things, but let's be honest, we're human beings and it's gotta be about the agent too. If you want behaviors you know, to change. So how can you help that agent get to where they need to be? Right. And have it be a win-win from the customer for that you have, but also from, uh, from your perspective of, of the agent. The number one thing that you can do to to kind of reinforce these things is to role play as much as you possibly can, right? When there is an issue, talk it through, be positive. This is what we need you to do. Now let's do it together, right? One be the customer, one be the agent, flip it, um, have them see kind of the perspective of, of how their tone kind of affects that conversation. I think role playing is the number one way that you can practice. It's like a scrimmage. Right? It's the closest thing you can get to actually playing in the game. Right is is role playing the actual call, role playing the the behaviors that you want. Um, from an HR standpoint, making sure that we are understanding the expectations. If we just have somebody who is refusing to do, we've all been there. Um, so, no subjectivity when it comes to HR policy. When it comes to any of this stuff, you want to make sure that everything is scoped out. That Janie, Jimmy, Susie, Bobby, whoever they are, understands that this is kind of what's going to happen. Right? And you're not being subjective to say, I don't like Janie, so I'm going to hit her with a four-day suspension. And I like Bobby, so he only has to go home for the day. Right? Those will cause you problems with supervisors on the floor. And I think that that's a, that's a huge, huge deal. Also, the last piece of this that everybody – and I we forget it all the time – is to make sure that you re-monitor. Right? Re-monitor that agent. Focus on those specific things. When they do it right, celebrate the heck out of that. Right. If they do it wrong again, then then maybe we got to tweak a little bit. But I think that that's a really, really important piece of this, too, is is always trying to reinforce the positive and try to do as little as you possibly can about the negative. And then if there if there is negative, it's done privately. It's done you know on a one on one scene. Um, but anything that is is excitable, anything that everybody does well, we want to make sure that we're, we're shouting out. All right. That's kind of. I think that that's helpful. I, I've wanted to do this episode for a while. I haven't done it in you know, a, a really long time, you know, almost probably a, a year and a half. We haven't really talked about hardcore coaching. You know, the other, I guess, last thing too here before I go is, you know, one of the tools that have really come into play with this is well, really two tools is from an analytics standpoint, right? Is analytics can now really get to tone, right? In, in word usage, and so that can really help your coaching and your QA on who to focus on, right? I love, we post our, our sentiment scores, right? Especially if we're having a, a team that maybe is, we find that their stats are down or their handle time's going a little longer, or there's just something not right. When we pull sentiment scores, a lot of times we see negative sentiment there, 
right? So once we show that agent, the agents have to like, oh crap, you're right. And that's a really big reason of, of you know, where we can see turnaround. So we try to do that constantly of, of showing and for our hardcore customer service things, we're posting sentiment scores all the time. So our agents know that word usage and their tone is affected. You know, they're going to get paid more, right? If they're, if they're doing a really good job with their tone. Um, the other thing too, I think that is, is starting to really take an impact in a lot of call centers. And it's almost like real time coaching, right? Which is agent assist, right? Agent assist is allowing um, kind of AI and the, the process of transcription and the process of um, looking at all the keywords that are being said and then prompting the agent to do specific things based on business rules that you have, right? So it's, it's almost like having that real-time supervisor there um, talking in your ear of, of, hey, ask this probing question. Okay, they, they, they said this. Well, here's the, here's the data that you need to tell them about this. Or, hey, make sure that we're going to try to go look to, to sell off of that thing that they just said right there. So there's a lot of really cool new tools um, that are out and that are coming out on all the different platforms as well from, from this kind of AI revolution that we're seeing. And I think, you know, agent assist is going to be one of the really big ways that, that customer experience, the agent experience is going to be changing a lot. So again, I think, I think that can hopefully maybe give you some help or give you some things to kind of take a peek at as well. So again, if there are no other questions, thank you guys very much. Please follow, uh, follow me on TikTok, follow me on LinkedIn um, this episode will be probably live later today. So if, if you found any value in it, please pass it around. Um, but, uh, thank you guys very much. And I will talk to everybody next week. Mm-hmm.